Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just a moment. Hang tight. Gang, we got to bring on Facebook and make sure we got all of the MHHers under the same roof, and we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my fellow football priest, the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Now, Zach, I know most of us were trying to kick back and enjoy Mother's Day weekend. And by the way, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, especially the mothers in Broncos country. We hope you've had a great weekend. We hope today has been great for you. Uh, we really do appreciate each and every one of you, and I know your families most definitely do. But, Zach, everyone's been trying to kick back, right, for Mother's Day and family events going on, people traveling. Not a ton of news, but nestled in between was um, Jake Plummer's remarks to 104.3 The Fan relative to one Drew Locke. And I think the biggest thing, aside from the fact that he is still a believer in Drew Locke, and he was glad the Broncos passed on Justin Fields, was that he said a little something, Zach, that kind of questioned fans who are not supporting him. And real quick, I just want to read this and then serve it over to you. Quote, I think bringing in a quarterback at this point with Drew here already, the fans were mad. But why? They could be mad again when Justin Fields takes two years to be a good quarterback and they get two more years of development to try to get to the big game. I still believe Drew Locke has it. I still believe that if you really want to be a true Bronco fan – you buy into the guys that are here now, and you try to send them the love that they need and deserve as your guy. Close quotes, that. You know, surprisingly, I don't have much to add on this topic because this is the one time Jake Plummer and I share something in common, and that's, you know, not really calling out Broncos fans, but kind of sending a rallying cry to Broncos country to support the quarterback that's under center right now and under center right now barring any trade for Aaron Rodgers or a surprise Teddy Bridgewater victory, is Drew Locke. I will say one thing I've noticed, though. The people who always take umbrage with uh, defining a fan, they always will come back and define a fan. So let's say someone said, oh, Jake Plummer doesn't have a right to say what a true fan is. A true fan is blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's very hypocritical from that side who doesn't want to hear anything supporting Drew Locke. And I happen to agree with what Jake Plummer is saying here. But no one wants to be that blunt with a rabid emotional fan base. Because what does fan stand for, Chad? It's fanatic. 
And that's what Broncos country is. It's the best fan base, as far as I'm concerned, on the face of the earth. But when it comes to Locke, there is something wrong. There is a disconnect there. And now even, I wouldn't call them legendary, but very notable Broncos or former Broncos are noticing that, Chad. It's not just me and you. It's not just the somewhat of the media. There's other people out there noticing the derangement. I I don't know another word for it when it comes to Drew Locke. To me, Jake Plummer is legendary. Now, he might, he's not on the same level as John Elway. He's not on the same level as Peyton Manning. I would put him up there pretty close in terms of the pantheon of Broncos quarterbacks with like the Craig Mortons of the world. And Craig Morton, of course, for those of you keeping score, he predated the Elway era. He was the quarterback that helped get the Broncos to that Super Bowl in, uh, was it 78, the Orange Crush defense that got uh, bounced out by the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. He was that guy. And I would put Jake Plummer right about there. But to me, maybe it's just because of my age group, Zach, and where I came up, you know, in the in the, the different eras of Broncos football. I was a child of the 80s. I was a teen of the 90s and a young man in the early 2000s. And that's when Jake, of course, was uh, arrived in Denver. To me, he was great because the, the three years he was really the full-time starter, each year the Broncos got to the playoffs. And in the third one, of course, they got all the way to the AFC title game. And then he was deposed the next year by Jay Cutler. But when Jake Plummer sat down, I should say, when Mike Shanahan opted to bench Jake Plummer in 2006, the Broncos were not only well in the lead in the AFC West, they were cruising to another playoff berth, but he had gone into a little bit of a slump. So when Jake Plummer speaks, I really do perk up and, and pay attention because to me, you know, he, one thing that's unique to Jake too is that he's a guy that had a unique NFL experience, Zach, in that he was a premium round pick, a second round pick of the Phoenix Cardinals, I want to say. It was before they went to Arizona, became the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, And then, you know, he kind of had a lot of struggles, started to kind of crest a little bit toward the end of his rookie deal. And then, you know, the Broncos signed him. And then from there, you know, he went through the experience of being kind of viewed as a disappointing uh, draft pick with the Cardinals to then coming in with a fresh start with a team that, you know, had higher expectations of, you know, fans, higher expectation of the quarterback, media, higher expectation of the team. And then he didn't wither under that, you know, and then he also had the experience of then being deposed by a head coach who drafted a first round pick in the wake of you going, leading the team to a, to a conference title game. So when he speaks, you know, he's kind of got so much, you know, as a quarterback, if it, you know, tentacles touching so many different corners of what it means to be an NFL Q. So when he says that about Drew Locke, I perk up and I listen. And look, I think it's true. Like even the fans that were really pining Zach for the Denver Broncos to take Justin Fields or Mac Jones, anyone but Drew, even though those fans that were in that demographic, that ship sailed, right? And yes, Aaron Rodgers, that's still in the wind. It's still a, you know, uh, ephemeral possibility. But Drew's your guy now. So my question to those fans who maybe are still a little skeptical of Drew, even if you're skeptical, maybe been negative about Drew, I do understand it on a certain level, Zach. But I think now is the time. Jake's right. Now's the time. Look, the ship has sailed. The water is way under the bridge. Now's the time to close ranks, rally behind your guy that's here today. 
I just wonder how long until Jake Plummer is canceled by Broncos country because he mentioned the boogeyman and the boogeyman is Drew Locke. And it's a very simple point what he's making there. If you want to be a true Bronco fan, you buy into the guys that are here right now. Listen, I was a Trevor Simeon fan, but I would have supported Paxton Lynch. I supported Brock Osweiler. I didn't want Case Keenum. I didn't want Joe Flacco, but I supported them. I, I mean, it's a very simple concept. Until Locke is replaced, which is very possible, they could acquire Aaron Rodgers. Teddy Bridgewater could beat him out. And if those things happen, Chad, uh, we'll support the quarterback. It's, it's really that simple. We're not going to be on here saying, oh, Drew Locke got screwed. He got a raw deal. He should be the starter. No. If he loses a competition or the Broncos acquire Aaron Rodgers, which would signal the end of the Locke era, we're okay with that. But until or unless that happens, just support who's under center right now. It's really not that difficult. Yep. That's it. That's all we're saying. And it's not like we're pulling, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not like we're pulling your fan card or pulling your fan colors and saying, turn in your card if you are still skeptical of Drew Locke. That's not what we're saying here. What we're saying is Jake Plummer's right. I mean, as fans, really, this is my opinion. Everyone's got their, their unique um, view and philosophy on what it means to be a fan. But even when the Broncos have brought in players that are former, you know, uh, <laughs> rivals or from other teams where I did not like that player. Once they become a Bronco, you fold them into your embrace, you root for them. Aqib Tlaib, great example of that. I freaking disliked Aqib Tlaib at a pretty high level, just as a guy, all right, as a player. When he came to Denver, there was definitely things like if I were to look at Aqib Tlaib's body of work, Zach, in Denver through an objective lens, there's things he did there that were frankly a little cringy, you know, like we still laugh about the chain thing and everything like that, but you know, not really cool in terms of character, right? But nevertheless, as Broncos fans, we look past those things because he was such a great player, was a part of teams that in Denver that accomplished a lot, won a lot of games. We look past that. Now, in the case of Drew Locke, I get it. He's not on the same level yet as Aqib Tlaib in terms of what he's accomplished as a Denver Bronco or what he's contributed team-wise, accomplishment-wise to Broncos canon. But nevertheless, he's our guy. Right. He's the guy. And that's all I think, Zach, that Jake Plummer is trying to elucidate here is, look, we, I get the disappointment from some fans that were wanted Justin Fields. I understand that. But the ship sailed now. Drew's here. Teddy's here. Time to rally behind the guys that are here today. And for that to be any kind of controversial statement, because Jake did not utter that, those words, Zach, with any kind of spite or bitterness at all. He was just saying it very matter of fact. And I think you know, it had the ring of truth. Yeah, you make a really good point about supporting players that have questionable backgrounds. I mean, we welcomed Adam Pacman Jones to Denver, Chad, and he has some sort of baggage as well. Jamal Charles, Melvin Gordon. So you're willing to tell me Broncos country will be more accepting and more welcoming to formal rival players for the Chiefs, for the Chargers, than than supporting their own homegrown, still-developing quarterback. Last I checked, Locke never caused a strip club to be shot up and a man to be paralyzed from that, Chad. But people supported Pac-Man Jones despite him and his and his history. I don't understand where he's lumped in, Drew Locke is, with the worst of the worst, with the Lynches and the Jamarcus Russells and the Ryan Leafs. I, I mean, I don't see it. And I don't really understand how anyone else can devolve to that level. It's stupefying to me. Indeed. Guys, lots more to get to on this very topic. There are a few other things Jake Plummer had to say that, Zach, I want to get your thoughts on. And, of course, the chat and we got to grab this very generous super from Dwayne. And before we do, I just want to say hello to many of our great community members who've been kicking it in the room before we even went live and that are with us now from Robert to Diamond Rattler to Dennis 
Todd Ostendorf, Michaela's in the house. We got Bob Skinner. I mean, a lot of the gang here. Travis, what's up? Naval, what's up? Jay, Michaela, of course, again, everybody, it's so good to have you with us. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about what Jake Plummer's another thing, plus Aaron Rodgers, the latest on that topic, um, some ESPN buzz that came out today that I want to get your thoughts on as well, Zach. But I want to say quickly, we'll get to some matters of business. I want to say quickly thank you to Dwayne, who has really, really, I mean, come on strong from the top rope the last few weeks. So, Dwayne, thank you for that generosity. Thank you for supporting this content. Thank you for supporting our show. Keeping the lights on in a very real way in terms of what we're doing here with the podcast and the videos. So, thank you, my friend. He says, work ran late last time. Feels great to be back live. Happy Mother's Day to all. We echo that. And, Dwayne, we're glad to have you with us, my friend. Yeah, Dwayne, that's an incredible uh, show of support by you, and we appreciate it more than you know. And again, I want to just say happy Mother's Day to every mother out there, every wife out there. We hope you've had an amazing day, and we hope you're enjoying the podcast tonight. Thank you for being with us. All right, guys, a couple other quick things, and then we'll get to the scuttlebutt. We'll get to more of the Super Chats and comments and questions and topics that are on your mind. But real quick, guys, here's how you connect with us on social media, at HuddleUpPod on Twitter, and at Mile High Huddle. Those are the two main accounts that you want to make sure you are following diligently. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Last spring, you chose hardworking seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed performed on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com slash harvest. Industry leading. Difference making. Tomorrow shaping. World changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future at Deloitte. Also, my partner, Zach Kelberman, can be found on Twitter at KelbermanNFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen, and then our producer, Buana Beast, at John K. MHH. John will be back very, very soon. I think tomorrow, John will be back. So we'll have the whole band back together. It's going to be a guest. Also, in terms of connecting with us on social media, uh, make sure you're following the podcast page. Zach, I just checked it out today, and it's already, this is about a month old page, right, since we started it. And it's already at about 2,000 followers. So shout out to each and every one of you uh, that are watching from that page now and that have followed the page. We do appreciate it. If you haven't followed the actual Huddle Up podcast Facebook page, you're missing out because we are streaming directly there now instead of the MHH Superfans group. And we're putting memes and pictures and uh, podcast clips and videos unique to this show on that page. So 
easy to find. I mean, almost everybody that uses Facebook does so on their phones. Open up Facebook. Either just search Huddle Up Podcast or there's the link right there. Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod and you'll be in like Flynn. And then also, guys, become a supporter. We took off this week, uh, this weekend, the premium content, Kelberman's Corner today at noon. Zach, of course, wanted to spend some time with his mother. Shocker. Uh, Eric as well yesterday for the Trickle Zone. But those premium shows are going to be back in the saddle next week, Saturday and Sunday. So if you want access to that content, mosey over to the main Mile High Huddle page. Hard to miss. Zach, 95,000 people following that page. You'll see the big blue button that says become a supporter. Click that. You're in like Flynn. You get access to that content. And there's more coming down the pike in the near future. And also, last thing, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a T-shirt, get a face mask, a mug, a little something for everybody, and it all supports the brand, supports the cause here, and that includes all of the shows at MHH. And then last thing, guys, uh, for real, if you're not able to do those things, it's all good. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you like this video on YouTube and Facebook if you want to help get this content in front of other Broncos fans like you, but they're wandering the desert. You know, They're ignorant of this community that exists out here. And if you like the video, odds are improved significantly to get it in front of them, especially on YouTube and Facebook. And then the the third thing is the litmus test. If we are doing a good job for you, if you respect the effort, share this video, help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. All right, Zach, real quick, I want to get this other comment that Jake Plummer had to, to say here to the Nick and Cecil show, great friends of MHH. Real quick, and then we'll dive into the chat uh, regarding Drew Luck. Quote, he may get the last laugh. I hope. I hope he has a chance to come in here and still battle for the position against Bridgewater and show us that he has talent. It's obvious he does. I think maybe there's some leadership things. I'm not saying he's not a good leader. I'm just saying there's some things maybe he doesn't know he can do or isn't allowed to do or hasn't been told by coaches, hey, It's okay to be like that. Go be yourself. These players will respond better to you when you're just you and you take control. And that's where I felt like my biggest attribute was that I worked my arse off with the guys every offseason. I was there working with them, working out, pushing them, pissing them off every Friday when they wanted to catch a plane home. And I'm like, no. So close quote, Zach, they're what are your what what do you think he's speaking to here on the leadership side? He's not necessarily questioning that he's a good leader, just that maybe there are some things in the leadership realm he either doesn't he's ignorant of, hasn't been told that he should do, etc. Well, first of all, that's a magnificent arse reference, Chad. I really appreciate that a lot. But I think he's talking about just taking hold of the mantle in Denver and doing enough where he leaves no doubt among his teammates. I mean, I think he's shown so far he is a good leader on and off the field. I mean, he was marching with them off the field last year for social justice initiatives. On the field, he's he's always showing a lot of energy. He's always rallying the team. He's trying to anyway. But I think Jake Plummer's talking about just leave no doubt. Make your stamp on the team. Step up and take ownership of that job because we all can agree. And it seems like Jake Plummer watches this pod one too many times. He's repeating every talking point that we've uh, spouted off for months now. But just take hold of the job and show what you can be and leave no doubt because he left a lot of doubt last year. I chuckled, though, in that quote, he actually had to catch himself. And he actually had to preface what he was saying as to not, you know, cause any mistake, cause any controversy. It's so funny. Or not funny. It's funny in a sad way that people talking about Locke, if they're 
this side of complimentary, in the slightest bit, they have to make sure it's worded perfectly, it's manicured. It's just amazing to me that this lock topic has become so divisive. Indeed, absolutely. But I think there's something to that because we know that the Broncos, the players, when, I mean, if you think back to that five-game sample size his rookie year, the talking points when we in the media would put a microphone in front of one of these players and was asked – you know, asked him about Drew Locke, it was always the swagger, the confidence, the energy, right? They love that about him. But I think there's something to what – so we know his teammates will respond to him. They're, we know that the cues he sets, players will pick up on and fall in line. But I do think there is a little something there in terms of last year was such a weird outlying – the circumstances were just so bizarre. And then when he injured his, his shoulder in week two and then had to miss time and all that – I think it might have thrown him off his game a little bit or thrown him off of what might have otherwise been a more natural, you know, um, inheriting of that mantle. I'd like to see him be more of that assertive guy. I'd like to see Drew Locke when he's on the field. He has energy. We see that, especially when things are going well. But I want to see him, you know, fired up if someone drops a pass. I want to see him, you know, rallying guys and a little bit of that, not anything that's contrived, not anything that's, you know, um, too overboard or aggro, but I'd like to see Zach Drew Locke palpably showcase the fact that he can be a, a leader of men. And I think a big part of that is the results. You know, it's hard to, if you're a young quarterback and you're on a team where, you know, 90% of the players in the locker room are veterans that have been in the league, whether it's three, four to, you know, 10, 14 years, whatever it might be. If things aren't going well in the standing, Zach, it's hard to then feel like you might have the credibility to stand up and or get in someone's face, et cetera, when the time allows. Because I can think back to Jake Plummer's days, all right? And I'm sure many of you can as well. There were plenty of times I can remember. I mean, more than I could count, where even just watching the television broadcast, you could at times see Jake, you know, wagging the finger or, you know, either getting after someone or maybe it was a drop pass or something bad happened, a fumble, and then cut to on the sideline, you know, on the next series, you see him kneeling down, like pumping up the guy who just dropped the ball, et cetera. Those type of leadership traits, those type of leadership um, displays, for lack of a better term, I want to see more of that from Drew, and I think it would pay some dividends. That's a really good point. You know, I, I would have loved to see uh, Locke blow up on Jerry Judy last year for dropping, you know, 10 passes in a game or maybe even showing some frustration over the play calling or even his own self, you know, beating up his own self on the sideline, just showing that emotion. So that I agree with that there. But here's the problem. When you're not established and you try to be an established figure, you end up like Josh McDaniels where no one respects you, no one takes you seriously, you have no credibility, and you're not reputable at all. And so Locke is still growing with his own players, with his fellow teammates. I mean, how could you call out a rookie wide receiver when you're a second year, back then, last year, a second year quarterback still developing? So it's a fine line Locke had to walk. But I look at maybe his influences. I mean, we all know about Pat Shermer, but Think about it. What valuable mentor has he had in the NFL so far? His backups have been Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, and Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippin. So he hasn't really had anyone to tell him, hey, listen, Drew, maybe get in someone's face. Maybe be a little more of a D-bag. Maybe be a little more of an alpha male. And I feel like he's not getting that from anyone. Vic Fangio's hands off. Pat Shermer, to me, is incompetent. He has no valuable backup quarterback. He's a young guy who lost his number one receiver last year. These aren't excuses. These are facts, period. Tom El Greco with a 
volley of three different super chats that I want to grab here real quick. Thank you, Tom, up there north of the 49th parallel, proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. It's wherever you are. And Tom, he's up there in Canada. We appreciate you, my friend. He says, do you guys think Peyton will stick with the quarterbacks in place or pitch for Rodgers? And what percent of landing him? Thanks, guys. Zach, and then a couple other things real quick. We'll get to his question. Tom with another super says, Drew Locke has the coolest QB name in the NFL. Can't trade him, guys. And then lastly, uh, you guys have the numbers on Locke's red zone stats. Thanks, guys. We can look into that. Uh, meantime, Zach, how would you answer here in terms of will Peyton stick with the cues that are in place? Uh, and if it's Rodgers, what's the percentage of landing him? I, I mean, I'm talking strictly from my head, not my heart here. I do think ultimately he'll be involved in the deal for Aaron Rodgers. But if it's three first round picks, seconds, you know, players, I just don't see George Payton being that aggressive. If he wouldn't pull the trigger for Matt Stafford, who would have come less costly, why would he do so for Aaron Rodgers at 37 years old? I understand how good he is. I just don't see. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Peyton doing this. If John Elway was the GM, I think this deal gets done. But George Peyton, I think he acquired Teddy Bridgewater on the eve of the draft for a reason. He's talked up Drew Locke for a reason this year. I think he's going to go into camp with those two quarterbacks and may the best man win. He surrounded both of them, whoever is the quarterback, with a great roster, hopefully an improved coaching staff. And I think they have enough talent and enough confidence in their own talent under center to be an opposing team this year. I did see one uh, comment on the side, though. Apparently, I don't know how reputable this is, but a Packers reporter said that this is the latest rumor now. Rodgers wants to play in Washington for Ron Rivera. And you know what? They were – I don't see them trading within the conference, but, you know, that's a solid team. They have a solid defense. I don't see the offense being that explosive, but that's also an option for for Rodgers as well. So it's not a slam dunk that 
Denver is Rogers' only landing spot. And I think knowing that, Peyton will put his two cents in, but I don't see it being an, a guarantee on June 2nd that he becomes a Bronco. No, far from it. You know, last week we had the uh, report from Denver 7's Troy Rank that kind of, you know, made the whole cost of landing Aaron Rodgers a little bit more plausible, right? Not quite so daunting. We were hearing three ones, a couple of twos, and a core player initially. And that's the type of package you give up if you're getting a proven, bona fide franchise guy at 24, 25 years old. But of course, Aaron Rodgers, <clears throat> excuse me, is entering his age 38 season. Giving up, I mean, three first-round picks, it's it's a bridge too far. Two first, two second, no, two first, a second, and a cornerstone, a cornerstone player is what uh, Rank had to say based on what he was hearing, Rogers' age. Yes, he's the running MVP and all that. And then today, Mile High Huddle's Bob Morris published an article that was covering basically what he sees. And this is our cap guy. This is a guy that does a lot of research and a lot of uh, study on all things – money, uh, capital, whether it's draft picks, money that teams use uh, as currency. All right. And he's, I would encourage you guys to go check that out. His bottom line was something like two first rounders uh, uh, and then some conditionals like conditional thirds and fourths that if Aaron Rodgers ends up leading the Broncos deep into the playoffs type thing, turn into second round picks. And then a, you know, young up and comer that's a key, like a Dalton Reisner or a Draymond Jones or something. He says if it's uh, Bradley Chubb, if it's a recent first-round pick, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, that would be a bridge too far on top of the two ones and whatever those conditional other picks might be because, Zach, Aaron Rodgers' age. Yeah, I think right now, and I'm, I'm interested to get your um, your opinion as well. I think it's 55-45 right now that Peyton goes into the into training camp in the preseason with Teddy and Drew Locke on, you know, as the starting quarterbacks and a 45% chance uh, that Rodgers is acquired. Let me just say, though, because we don't have John tonight. We don't have uh, Dylan in the chat. Nathan Brown, you need to chill out a little bit. You're getting a little carried away in the comments. I don't care if you disagree with me, but you're not going to spam the comments or you're going to get put in timeout. So appreciate you. Yep. And Zach, of course, if uh, he doesn't heed that caution, go ahead and, uh, and pull the trigger 86. on that. It's up yep. to us to do it. Um, all right. Real quick here. The chat has been very outgoing already tonight. So it's jumped a few people. Let's grab Seth Harmon. Thank you for that generous super chat, Seth. Always great to have you in the chat, my friend, a bona fide superstar. He says, I'm looking forward to this secondary. Hopefully forcing turnovers won't be a problem this year. Very interesting topic here, and there's an article coming out very soon at MHH from Thomas Hall that's touching on some of these issues here. But, Zach, if you look at the secondary on paper and kind of, you know, organize the depth chart at cornerback, you know, I'm probably going to say Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Ronald Darby, but I'm not ruling out the possibility of Patrick Sertan leapfrogging and perhaps outplaying Ronald Darby, maybe not out of camp, but at some point this season. And then behind them, you know, that includes Sertan. So those are your top four. And then you got Michael O.J. Mudia. You've got uh, Pernell Motley. Then you get to safety, Simmons, Kareem, all right? And then the two rookies, one of whom, if you can fix Jamar Johnson's tackling issues, and Vic Vangio seems pretty confident that that can be done. Stud. This, this guy could be a Pro Bowl caliber mm-hmm. stud. And Caden Stearns, He's one of the picks the Broncos made this year that I haven't done as much research in terms of just watching his film. Uh, but Jamar Johnson, Zach, excites the hell out of me. It's me a too. really interesting secondary. And 
where the, the rubber really meets the road relative to Seth's point here about forcing turnovers. Yes, you got the horses now in the back end, but it's all about Vaughn. It's all about Chubb and it's all about Draymond and Shelby affecting the queue. And if you could, if they can do that with that front seven, this crew on the back end will feast. And also Baron Browning covering and locking down receivers, tight ends, running backs in the middle of the field, giving the Broncos defense something they haven't had in at least five years now, a defense over the seams, over the tight ends, over the Wallers and the Kelseys. But when your number four cornerback is Patrick Sertan, God damn, Chad. I mean, that's so encouraging to me. That's so exciting to me. And that's the one reason why anyone who wanted Fields or Mac Jones passing on them, having Pat Sertan in this secondary behind those guys, and not only for 2021, but hedging going forward. When Kyle Fuller might not be here, Bryce Callahan might not be here, Ronald Darby's an injury risk. I mean, having that guy as your number four, then the safeties you imported after locking down Simmons, after retaining Kareem Jackson. I mean, this secondary, Chad, has the ability and the potential to be not just the best in the NFL, but the best in recent times up there with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. To Tom's question about red zone passing, Drew was uh, 24th or 25th. I just did a quick count here, according to Pro Football Reference. And he threw 11 touchdowns to four interceptions inside the 20. And so it's basically about what you would expect to see for a up-and-down second-year quarterback, you know, figuring things out with a brand-new coordinator in the conditions that we saw last year. Is it acceptable? No, you want to see better than that. That's the truth. Like, this is why Drew Locke at, you know, 24th, 25th best in the red zone last year, you want to see that climb into at least that next tier, you know, being like the uh, somewhere between the 10 to 15 range, you know, as the floor and then move up because red zone efficiency, man, it dictates so much in terms of the teams that win in this league. And it really does, of course, start with the quarterback. Yes, you want to have really good kind of juju between the queue and the offensive coordinator. You want to have a threatening, plausible running game so that the defense is on its heels. Even though you got a shortened field, defense fears the running game to a point where they're going to leave a few corners open for you to maybe, you know, play fake, get a touchdown. But Drew's got to be better in the red zone. But he wasn't as bad as some of his detractors would lead you to believe, you know, worst starting quarterback in the league in the red zone or, you know, if there's 32 starters in the league, Drew Locke being ranked like 35. This isn't pro football focus. This is pro football reference, the actual measurable statistics. And listen, everything you said, I agree with. And, you know, there were, you know, mitigating factors at play for Drew Locke last year. But I will say this, and this goes for his entire season, every aspect of his game, there's no excuses for Locke in the red zone in 2021, nor for Pat Shermer, but for Locke, if he's the starting quarterback, I mean, his offensive line is all returning, Chad. He's had upgrades at various spots. Even Dennis Kelly might be an upgrade on Jawan James. He's getting Corbin Sutton back. Uh, he has an upgraded backfield now with Javante Williams, which should be a, a red zone boon. Melvin Gordon, a red zone boon. So there's no excuses now for Locke. He has to be better, point blank, period. Michaela. The Duchess with a very, very generous super chat. Love you. Appreciate you. Hope you've had a great weekend as well. She says, to the priest and the beast, we miss John. Hashtag MHH. Hashtag Druthers Druthers United. I like that. Uh, Locked arrangement syndrome and Druthers United. That's a good one. That's a good one. But, yeah, we miss him too. We miss John as well. But fret not. Things are all as well. And he'll, uh, he'll be back in the saddle, Zach. 
I think tomorrow's what uh, the last I heard from him. Michaela, I read that initially as four ninety nine, and I would have been so appreciative, but that's so generous of you, and we appreciate that so, so much. I hope you've had a great Mother's Day. I hope you had a great weekend, and uh, we thank you so much for your support, your ongoing support. It's amazing. Uh, we got one from Jennifer King as well. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. <clears throat> she has become another bona fide superstar yep. in our community, and it's coming up here, Jennifer. Very soon, we're going to have to get you out a T-shirt, a mug, something like that. So keep it coming and reach out and send us your shipping address. And we'll, we'll send out a little thank you for, for your support. It's a small thing we can do to, to say thank you for, for what you've done. But she says, I think Jake Plummer is trying to preach patience, not insult anyone. Happy Mother's Day to Broncos country moms. Yes, indeed. And it's not just a patience thing here, Zach. It really is a perspective thing. You know, it's about, you know, uh, getting the right, view on the topic love him or hate him drew's your quarterback this year so if you're a broncos fan does it not make sense that you would then support this guy root for him Uh find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Um, what to use Jake's actual uh, verbiage here? Uh, he said, uh, "Let's see." He said to you know buy into right, send love. In other words, of saying you know support them. I don't think that's a bridge too far. I don't see anything that Jake Plummer said here in any way, shape, or form, Zach, that should be viewed as controversial. Well, as always, I think it boils down to this. People see and hear what they want to hear. So pro-lock people, Druthers, would hear uh, Jake Plummer preaching patience where 
anti-lockers, can we call them that? Is that the, you know, the, the anti-lock crowd? Uh, they see, they hear insults. They hear a former quarterback who, in their estimation, suddenly is not so great anymore. You know, it doesn't matter what he did for the Broncos. He's telling Broncos country how to be a fan. So it all comes down to perspective, like you said. I think if you're a pro-lock guy, you're going to take those comments a little more favorably. But if you're not a lock fan, then you're going to hear Jake Plummer making excuses and not really positing facts. 6K, I think, really hits the nail on the head. People need to understand you can be disgruntled with a player or his performance and still be a true fan. This is true. If it's needless hate, then of course it's too far. It's divisive to label people with different opinions. And this is very true. And this is why Zach and I have coined a few terms on this show, like locked arrangement syndrome. It has jumped the shark and gone from simple, you know, dissatisfaction or disgruntled wishing he could have been better at this, that, or the other and gone into a whole other realm of hate. Now, I'm not painting that, you know, too broad a strokes. It's not all of Broncos country. And I wouldn't even say, Zach, it's most of Broncos country. It's just a very vocal and dug-in cross-section of the fan base that jumped that shark, right? It's turned into a full-on derangement where, you know, it's like blinders on. Nothing but Drew Locke is Paxton Lynch 2.0. And the problem with that is it's not true. You know, it's not true. You're You're just... It's distorted. It's twisted. It needs a perspective. And I hope what Jake Plummer said, if people really just kick back and go, yeah, all right. I wish it would have been Justin Fields. I didn't get my wish. I still wish it might be Aaron Rodgers. But until and unless that happens, Drew's my guy. Teddy's my guy. These are the guys we got to rally behind because this is these are who the Broncos quarterbacks are. It goes for every position, though, of every player. How many former Broncos disappointed, but we still rooted for them? Top of my head, you know, Shane Ray, for example. I mean, he was a high draft pick. He got every chance in the world, and I wanted him to do well because it would benefit the Broncos. I don't see how that's a very hard concept to master. And to your point, I agree. I don't think the anti-lockers are a, a huge sect of Broncos country, but they're the loudest sect right now. And their voices are the ones that are being amplified because for whatever reason, social media is all about platforms. It's all about uh, placating the mob, the narrative, the agenda. And right now that narrative, that mob, that agenda is centered around Locke not being the guy, Locke being the worst quarterback to ever wear a Broncos uniform. And to me, it's so misguided and not much to it other than that, honestly. Doug, what's up, dude? Doug Henninger in the house. Thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, guess who just got their let them hate shirt? Riding with Locke this season. Go Broncos. State of being from the 406 up there in Montana. Awesome, dude. Well, Doug, make sure you send us a, a selfie with the shirt on. We'll we'll throw it yep. up on MHH Instagram. By the way, guys, follow Mile High Huddle on Instagram. Uh, really appreciate the support on both levels, my friend, and thanks for being with us in the chat. And if you want your own Let Him Hate shirt, huddleuppod.com. Go there right now and get it, and uh, we, we, we know you'll like it, and we appreciate your support. Thank you. I think the single biggest selling shirt on the merch store in 2020, and to this day, it's the shirt that goes out the most. So I think that tells you the majority of Broncos fans still still rooting, still hoping that Drew turns out. And if he doesn't, hey, man, 2022, you, re, you, you reset the clock. Right, you find a. You're probably finding another coach, and you're finding right. uh, your own your own cue. Um, Anthony, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Thank you. He says, as of right now, Aaron does not wear the orange and blue. Locke does. Let's support our guys on our team until otherwise. Hashtag let them hate. <clears throat> well said, my friend. Zach, that's a good. Um, here, let me go ahead and click this off real quick. That's a good segue to 
Let me go to this Aaron Rodgers story. This is the latest I've read relative to any Denver Broncos uh, connections rumors. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler said on SportsCenter Sunday that Rodgers is, quote, dug in on his trade request and a move to Denver has become a source of intrigue. Here's what he actually said, quote, the Packers are still actively looking for solutions here. They're trying to keep an open line of communication with Aaron Rodgers and his agent, Dave Dunn. So no traction in the short term. So in other words, nothing has changed. What All their overtures to try and woo him back have not worked. But many people around the league believe Aaron Rodgers is indeed dug in, and there's a belief by some that he wants to be out west. Denver is a team that's buzzing in league circles. I was told by a source that Denver is monitoring that situation right now, but they're also coming out of the draft days and they're in the team building mode. They really like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. So they're not committed or tied to anything relative to Aaron talking to people around the league. They say about 60, 40, they think Rogers gets dealt close quote. So NFL teams are telling all the national perspective insiders, Hey, watch Denver, watch Denver. Now, is that a guarantee? No. Because, look, when Peyton Manning was released by the Indianapolis Colts back in 2012, no one was thinking Denver. They weren't even – even though he was one of the few that he took a visit with, no one – still, very few people – and I think a big part of it had to do with the Tim Tebow mania thing, and Tebow was still there at the time. But no one was really thinking Manning was going to go play in Denver. Another part of that, Zach, the whole dome thing that Peyton needs to play in a dome, he won't play anywhere that isn't a dome, yada, yada, yada. He turned that whole theory on its ear when he chose the Denver Broncos, but – Hey, if the Packers finally face facts and they say, look, he's not coming back. Let's try and, you know, make this because, look, he's going to end up being in the Hall of Fame. He's probably at some point when he retires, depending on where he lands and how things go, he's going to want to maybe retire a Packer. At the very least, keep that line of communication and those relationships with the Packers at large intact. It's eventually going to come to a point where you're going to have to cave to the player, trade him away get what you can for him and move on to the guy. Unfortunately, you chose to draft in the first round last year, which honestly, Zach was, I think the second square that set this whole thing off. The first square was not being involved in the GM hire. Second thing was that GM who he wasn't involved in comes in, drafts his replacement in round one. Tucked away in there. They really like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. So that is even getting out to the national media now. That was something that only we knew covering the team because George Payton kept insisting he's high on Drew Locke. And obviously he likes Bridgewater from his time with the Vikings. That's why he acquired him. So, you know, obviously he's going to say he likes Denver. Rodgers is trying to force his way out of Green Bay right now. It's a power play. It's all a game. So he's going to put it out there. The Broncos are the last remaining team pretty much without a quarterback, an established one, uh, you know, from the national perspective, and they're going to keep floating that possibility. They're going to keep connecting those dots, and Rodgers is leaking this stuff out there to Schlereth, uh, to Dave Logan, to Adam Schefter, to everyone. He's hoping to ne- leverage his his own situation against Green Bay and come out on top. Whatever his end game is, we don't know. Money, trade, retirement, whatever, but he's using every tactic in the book, and that includes hyping up Denver as a really interesting landing spot. Real quick, Zebulon, I got I to gotta pull your card on this, my dog. You guys have said ad nauseum that Drew is the guy. Um, Teddy, you can bet good money that Vic will push for the guy who turns the ball over the least during camp. That won't be Drew. All right, two things real quick, all right? 
We have not ever, ever said lock it in. Drew Locke is this team's future franchise quarterback. We have never said that. Have we said that we think he's still got it in and that that ceiling, it can still be viewed, that you can still see that as a p- potential possibility? Yes. Really, Zebulon, what you've missed apparently in our in in what we say is that we think Drew has shown enough and that there's been enough investment in Drew relative to the draft pick itself and the trade to get him. Uh, and then also building around him and then the time and coaching that you've put into him. With that being laid as the foundation, Zach, he has shown enough in terms of glimpses of excellence to say, look, we we still could be on the right path. It's in the Broncos' best interest to give it one last try with Drew. That's all we've said. We're not crowning him as the guy forever ad nauseum, to quote yourself, my friend. And then the other thing here, <clears throat> relative to what's going to come this summer in, the, in training camp, the battle, <clears throat> look, I know that guys like Nick Kendall, they think that um, Teddy's going to vanquish Drew Locke. It might shake out that way. I don't think so. That's that's based on a perception that you're not going to see any change, improvement, anything in Drew, that it's just going to be the, the Drew that you saw last year. It's going to be the same thing, and Teddy's going to kick his butt. Well, I submit, Zach, that even the Drew of last year, I would see him beating out Teddy Bridgewater in camp because Teddy, yes, he plays it safe and he's conservative with the ball, but he's not a playmaker and he doesn't have arm talent. He doesn't have dynamism. Drew does. Now, it can be a wild thing like trying to jump on a Mustang, all right, where my my in-laws live out in the middle of nowhere, and you can go out on four-wheelers and stuff on this ranch, and you can see wild Mustangs, all right? It's like trying to jump on that Mustang and tame him, uh, tame them. That's like what's going on with Drew. He's a powerful young passer, needs to be tamed, right? Needs to be reeled in, needs to be focused and honed in, so to speak. Teddy doesn't have that. Teddy is a game manager. Teddy is a upper echelon bridge guy. That's it. And so, Zach, when the chips are finally down and the rubber meets the road, maybe Drew botches it. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I don't think Teddy is some guaranteed lock to beat him out. Yeah, Zebulon, this is fake news here because Chad and I have allowed on multiple occasions, more than likely it will be an open competition. That's the way George Payton says he wants it, and that's the way it's going to be more than likely between Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. We've allowed that the best quarterback should start this year, whether that's Locke or Bridgewater, and may the best man win. And whoever that quarterback is, even if it's Teddy, We'll support them because that's what we do. We're rational and we're objective. We're not, we don't have any real horse in the race. We're not related to Locke. We don't represent Locke. We're not his agent. We just want to support the quarterback that's under center right now. And right now, it's Drew Locke. But can we dispel this narrative, by the way, about Teddy Bridgewater never throwing picks? Locke threw 15 last year. Teddy threw 11. That's not that much of a difference there. He's not this immaculate quarterback that never turns the ball over. I mean, 15-11 to last year in a much better offensive system, even losing Christian McCaffrey, much better coaching, much better situation, and yet still threw 11 picks. So can we just get rid of that narrative already? He's not this immaculate Alex Smith game manager quarterback that a lot of Broncos country paid him out to be. He's a much more conservative passer, and sometimes that can pay dividends in terms of you know, you're not going to get as many giveaways. Uh, traditionally, if you look through the full scope of his, what is it, 14, 15, 16, uh, 14, 15, throughout 16, 17, 18, 19, uh, 20. If you look at his six-year career in the league, seven if you count his missed year of 2016, he's a guy that protects the ball by and large. Last year was definitely, other than his rookie year, his career high in terms of interceptions. 
But that also, you know, diminishing returns, the point of diminishing returns arrives rapidly if you're not taking any chances, if you're so paranoid. I mean, look at Tyrod Taylor type offenses in the past, whether in Buffalo, the Chargers, et cetera. You know, it's going to be hard to get that guy to turn the ball over, but you're also not going to see points getting on the board in any kind of prolific way. Whereas Drew, no compunction. He'll push the ball. So you need to find that balance. And that's one of the light bulb moments, Zach, that any quarterback who makes the jump uh, to being a guy kind of trying to figure it out to fully arriving is learning how to walk that razor's edge of pushing the ball and then also careful enough to not willy-nilly just risk it all the time and give it away. And that's something Locke's still trying to figure out. And real quick, Zach, shout out Gary Leeds Palmer, one of our great super supporters on Facebook, as well as Leaf Roebuck. Thank you for the stars. And Jerry Holland, thank you for the stars, guys. We really, really appreciate you. I don't, I'm speaking for myself here, but I don't want a conservative passer this year. I don't want a guy who's going to throw three yard dump offs in a Pat Shermer offense. I'd rather use the weapons to their full potential and not waste them like they did last year with KJ Hamler speed, no offense, you know, do it all ability of Cortland Sutton coming back, a better running game. I want some excitement in this offense. I want downfield. Pat Shermer vowed to open up the offense and he did none of that last year. I don't want them to further dumb down and restrict and go east and West under Teddy Bridgewater. But for anyone looking for a comparison, just fire up the tape, Denver versus Carolina last year. I think that says and speaks volumes. Well said. Uh, more than outdueled. Now, here come the Boo Birds, right? They're going to say, well, yeah, but look, Teddy didn't have the same weapons that Drew did, and Teddy wasn't coached by a defensive guru like like Vic Fangio. That's why Drew was able to quite clearly outduel him both statistically and on the scoreboard. See, you're, fi- you're trying to find the hole in the boat instead of facing this thing dead on. When it comes to holes in the boat, look, if you look hard enough, you'll always find a hole in the boat, all right, if you're looking for it. If you're really just like you're, you're not even looking where the boat's going, you're not appreciating the view, you're face down trying to find the hole in the boat, that negative perspective, that glass half-empty perspective, you'll find it, all right? Uh, real quick, Zach, burn the guitars. What's up, dude? We're having you on the show very soon, and we're looking forward to it. Thanks for the super. Hey, guys, maybe Broncos country would accept Locke more if he grew a mustache yeah. a la Rogers and Minshew. I don't know, Zach. Maybe he's like me where, dude, honestly, you know, I'm a 41-year-old man. I, did, I wasn't able to fully grow, like, usable facial hair till I was, like, almost 30 years old. That's just me. Maybe Drew's like that. I don't know. He does kind of have a baby face, so maybe he's yeah. not great at growing that facial hair. I've never had that problem. I've been growing a beard since I was like, you know, 16 or 17. But maybe there's something to it because people are destroying Zach Wilson on social media for his pictures and his draft night photos. They say he looks like the, you know, the star quarterback in a teenage, you know, rom-com movie. Maybe there's something to it. I love to see Drew with a little more of a a grizzled persona. But wins and losses, it really matters to me, Chad. Whether he has a mustache, a mullet, whatever, I don't really care. Mr. Westside, what's up, dude? That's a couple of nights in a row as far as the Huddle Up podcast is concerned. You've been in the Super Chat, so thanks, bro. Keep it coming. Akeem Talib dissed Todd Davis's brother during a game. I don't remember that. I do remember Davis one time, though, on the sideline uh, going at Talib over something. It was right after a special teams play, if I'm not mistaken. And I might be confusing that with Talib getting on Jordan uh, Norwood one time on the sideline, but I'm pretty sure that uh, as far as it being a special teams thing, but I do remember the two of them, Tlaib and Davis getting into it on the sideline uh, at a certain point. 
God, Jordan Norwood, Todd Davis. Can we just move forward from the the relics of Broncos past? Those are some those are some names. All right, let me see here where we're at. Christian in the house, and then the chat. Um, all right, I'm gonna try and hold here so we can grab Rello takeover as well before the chat jumps in. Christian, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Thank you. He says, "Hey boys, schedule release on Wednesday, and I can't wait." It also gets me so hyped. Hopefully we can start off strong this year, unlike the past. Also, who are your preferred right tackle options in free agency? Hashtag I love MHH. Dennis Kelly. Done. I like Dennis Kelly. Honestly, man, I'm really intrigued by Mitchell Schwartz. I want to know what's up with that back. Mm-hmm. I read Zach that Eric Fisher is visiting the Colts. I'd be putting in the call to see, hey, Mitch, how you feeling? Um, you want to come for a visit? Let our docs take a look at that back. But he would come with some problems in terms of um, you don't know if he's going to fully bounce back. So I'm more inclined to agree with Zach when it's all said and done. Dennis Kelly, Charles Leno, um, Bobby Massey, all three of those guys have pretty good metrics last year. I wouldn't be angry with any one of those three, but I prefer Dennis Kelly. And this is why, as opposed to someone like Fisher or Schwartz, I'm not thinking just for this season. I mean, Juwan James is gone, and they don't have a future right tackle on the roster right now. Calvin Anderson, to me, is not a 5-10 year guy. So at the very least, you sign Dennis Kelly for two or three years, and you have him next year while you hopefully... Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Develop your rookie or, you know, um, high-priced right tackle addition. So that's why I would go for a multi-year deal. And far and away, I think Dennis Kelly is the best bet for Denver. Rello Takeover. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. Thank you. As a fan, I don't think we don't hate Drew Locke. All we want is to see the Broncos in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think a big part of that too, Rello, you know, as far as the some of the and I'm not saying this is you for what it's worth, but I think some of the those out there that really have fallen prey to locked arrangement syndrome, part of that is Drew Locke, unfortunately, came in on the tail end of the worst five-year stretch in modern Broncos history in the Super Bowl era of the Broncos. It's the worst five-year stretch, the only team ever to win the Super Bowl and miss the playoffs in each of the ensuing five years. And so all that discontent, that anger, that disillusion, part of it gets funneled to Drew when things aren't going well. And you understand it. That's the cue, right? It's the most um, front a brain position in all the professional sports, you're the guy. And so if things aren't going right, you're going to be that target. You're going to be that voodoo doll, people putting pins in, taking out all their issues on you. So I think it's incumbent upon fans to recognize that, that, you know, 2016 through, you know, 2019 wasn't Drew's fault. And even 2020, look, man, the guy tried to play the hand that he was dealt and it was a unique year. Got to throw that out. Start with this year in terms of making your final determination on whether Drew is has really what it takes to be the guy. We'll know that by this time. Well, of course, by this time next year. But I think six, eight weeks into the 2021 NFL season, Zach, we're going to know the answer to that on Drew. I think we'll know. I think we'll know in week one or week two. I think whatever, how he comes out, how he plays, we'll know right away the eye test, whether he's improved from last year or regress. And I agree with the sentiment. I understand the, the, the frustration in Broncos country. I understand that a large population of Broncos country doesn't hate Locke personally. This is all business. They want what's best for the Broncos. And everyone, what's so great about this country, every single person is entitled to his or her own view. But I do think there's a small sect out there that really hates Locke personally. I mean, he wins a game, Chad, and he's criticized for dancing on the sideline. That, to me, is derangement, and that, to me, is a personal vitriol that shouldn't exist in Broncos country. Simon, what's up? Another great superstar up in Canada. Appreciate you, my friend. You've got a mug coming your way. Let us know when you get that. Send us a selfie or something. He says, I loved Jake the Snake. What a team back in 05, the year I became a true fan and started following the team religiously. Al Wilson was a wrecking ball. Truly excited to see Baron Browning this year under Fangio. Yeah, me too, man. That that 05 season was really the last stand of the Shanahan era. Uh, and through really his own machinations, you know, it crumbled in 06, 07, and, and 08, and then he was fired. But, man, that 05 season was such a whirlwind. Champ Bailey playing all pro level. Al Wilson really quarterbacking that defense. DJ Williams playing well. Um, the Brown Coast, right? Courtney Brown, Ebenezer Ekubon. Uh Aside from Champ Bailey, let's see, 05, of course, you still had Darren Williams already. That was a really fun team. And then offensively, Still had Rod Smith. Uh, was it Ashley Lalee that year? I think it was. Uh, Shannon Sharp had returned. I think that was Shannon's last year. I might be misremembering that. but And then, of course, Tommy Nalen still, if I'm not mistaken on that. A lot of great, great 
former players, you know, maybe not like, you know, uh, ring of fame caliber players, but just some studs, man, that were really special for their time. Uh, let me just say real quick, Baron Browning was far and away my favorite pick from this draft class. But this this came up when you were talking, and I'm just literally blown away. What the heck? By, by the generosity. I no words. Dang, dude, that matches the that matches <laughs> the all time. That's crazy. D-Dub. That matches. Uh, wow. Brian Greenfield used to own that record. Now he shares it with D Dub. Yep. Seriously, dude. Like I'm 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 slobber knockered right now. I'm like Mike Tyson in uh, The Hangover. I just right cross. Wow. Done. Dale, wow. love you, dude. No worries. Love you. That, uh, wow. for what it's worth, man, props, that uh, is, is going to pay for a lot of the party. And what I mean by that is that's going to allow us to just, you know, keep investing more time into these shows more and, you know, spread out the shows, create new shows, Different video and podcast content. So, Dale, just love you, dude, out there in Hawaii. Most of you know who Dale is. We had him on the show, I don't know, eight weeks ago, something like that, and it was great. We need to get you back on the show, my dog. So, reach out, uh, send me an email, and let's figure out a time. But, Zach, just mind-blown support. There's no words that can justify, Dale, your generosity. I just want you to know completely genuine thank you so, so much. And like Chad said, you're single-handedly allowing us to further and improve the product and making the podcast and making the website an even better product. So, Dale, aloha and thank you so much. He says, if Rogers comes here, I pray Locke is not a part of the package. I just want to bring some cheer. Keep the candles burning for the huddle. The Lord is good to us all. I'm so eager to get the season rolling. LOL. Have a great night, all. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Broncos for life. Broncos country. State of being. B-C-S-T-O-B. I love it, dude. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. It's wherever you are. And Dale, of course, out there in paradise in Hawaii. So love you, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. That's going to be an indelible moment. Neither one of us are going to forget anytime soon. Love you, buddy. Um, Zach, we're at 56 minutes, so we got to start moseying through and, and make sure we get to everyone who is supporting the show and have their topics that they and questions they want us to get to. We need a uh, buzzer, well. Chad, when we get to the rapid fire section. I'm going to start playing a little sound effect for a buzzer, just neither here nor there. Yeah, dude, go to Big Five and get us a buzzer, you know, or, or a whistle. Uh, maybe not a whistle. That's a little too shrill. Buzzer, that's a good idea. Dwayne, thanks again, buddy. So glad Peyton didn't uh, play in today's NFL he never would have gotten a second year. Patience. Yeah, there's always going to be the boo birds who are going to be like, oh, how can you compare Drew Locke to Peyton Manning? I've even seen comments in here that's like, hey, you know, if, if, if it was Elway, if Locke was getting the same, or excuse me, if Elway was getting the same treatment as Locke, he never would have made it past year two. Because Elway, of course, didn't really flower till let's see, 83, 84, 85, he started to show, and then 86 is where he really kind of busted out. The argument to that, and I understand it, even though I don't fully agree with the premise, is that that was then, this is now. Now in the NFL, modern proliferation of the passing offense, quarterbacks coming out of the box and playing well, you can't afford to wait too long or be too patient. But still, is three years too much to ask for a guy that has shown you something? It's not like Drew has shown you nothing. Drew has shown you something. Is three years too much? I mean – so this is this is it. I think three years. This you will know, and 
have a clean conscience. You know, you mentioned then versus now, and also what wasn't around for Peyton's rookie season or his younger years was social media, Chad. And now everyone has a soapbox. Everyone has clout. Everyone wants to get out there and give their two cents. And the loudest are the ones that are heard the most, unfortunately, in today's society. So back then, if he set the rookie interception record, Peyton Manning, he would have been destroyed on social media, just like Drew Locke is. But You know, that's the advantage back then. We didn't have this toxicity and negativity in our society. Different story, though, completely. The doctor is in the house. Christopher L. Bush with the super chat. Thanks uh, thanks to you, my friend. He says, it must be hard on Locke since the season ended. Uh, Constant talk about trades. How can he be relaxed under center? One mistake, feels pressured, assumes. Oh, let me go over and read it because it cuts off. uh, Assumes uh, he is out. Yeah, it's you know it's it's an unenviable uh, unenviable position Locke finds himself in, but that's the position that he wanted. You know, that's hey, charge it to the game. You want to be an NFL Q? Look, man, you got to be able to roll with the punches. It truly is the crucible, right? It's the refiner's fire. It either burns you up and consumes you, and you you know you're gone, or it shapes you and hones you into what you will become an entirely different thing. And Drew's still in that process. It remains to be seen, Zach, whether the crucible has burned him out or if it has transformed him into, you know, that quarterback he needs to be. Yeah, I'm not buying it into this. I mean, this is the big leagues. This is the pros. This is the highest level of competitive football. And Drew Locke doesn't deserve, nor will he be coddled in any way. So if he feels pressured or if he feels whatever, if he feels in his own feelings, in his own head, that's on him. He has to get over that. He has to know it's a performance-based business, and he was not good enough last year, and that's why the Broncos brought in competition for him this year. So he should be feeling that pressure, but if he's like me in any way, Chad, you might be the same. I perform best under pressure. I perform best when I'm up against the wall, and I have no other way out, no course, you know, no recourse, no other solution. That's what I think Locke will be. He will rise up to this challenge, but if he doesn't, if he fails it's all on him the only way out is through there's no side door unless you want to call it a career you know there's no escape you got to face this thing head on and I think that's what Drew was doing you know when George Payton let us in on the conversation that he and Fangio had with Drew when the Teddy Bridgewater deal was either being made or had been made uh, and it was yet to be publicized they brought him in water off a duck's back he was like, all right, cool. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. See you on the field laters. Right. And so, yeah, I still, to this day, I haven't changed my position on this. I think the presence of Teddy Bridgewater, who is a capable, competent quarterback at the very least is going to have a very palpable galvanizing effect on Drew. I think you're going to see a player that, that operates with more urgency, more focus, more intensity. We'll see if I'm right. Dale road. What's up, dude. Appreciate you, bro. He says, I haven't always been a Broncos fan, but the hate towards Locke by some of the fans, he puts in quotes, has been unbelievable. I understand the frustration in not winning, but supporting the team means supporting the roster. Is that? There's nothing to add to that, Dale. Uh, To me, you're spot on. And to Chad, you're spot on. That's just our position. That's our stance on that. And you'll be called out by Broncos country who doesn't agree with you. Everyone is dug into their own positions right now. But what we just said 
about Locke and Bridgewater, I mean, that shows that we're not these homers. We're not that subjective. We're objective. So people like Zebulon and the and Nathan Brown in the comments calling us out, we are down the middle completely. We're calling it like it is. Locke wasn't good last year. He has a competitor right now. And if that competitor, being Teddy Bridgewater, beats him out, then Teddy deserves to start. It's really as simple as that. Ryan Steinauer, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll keep an eye out. We're running out of time, but we'll keep an eye out for any questions or comments in the chat. Uh, Michael, thank you for that. A, n- a new name, Zach, Ooh, on super yeah. chat that I don't Welcome, recognize. Michael. I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name for fear of butchering it, but thank you. Welcome. He says, best podcast in sports. Thank you, guys. And go Broncos. Very kind. Very kind, my friend. We really do appreciate yep. that. Um, all right. We are at 102. Let's grab Joshua Shadow. Long time now, superstar. What's up, brother? Hope you're doing well. Whoever the guy I ride with, let's see, whoever the guy I ride with, the orange and blue. That's it. That's it. Jersey, the, the, the name on the front, not the one on the back. And, guys, I don't know, those of you in the back, that, that vocal uh, LDS, by that I mean locked arrangement syndrome crowd. By the way, I don't know if you noticed this. The jersey Drew wears says Broncos on front. FYI, <laughs> I thought he plays for Team Satan, Chad. I was mis- <laughs> you know, I was confused. I didn't know who he played for. And it, again, it's a very simple concept. If Broncos fans and Broncos analysts can root for the Lynches and the Flaccos and the Case Keenums, why not give a young quarterback who the Broncos drafted and invested in and who's shown glimpses? Why not give him the a chance? That's all a, a, a chance. That's it. All right. We got one here from Shane that I'm going to read from the back end because the, the, the banner cuts it off a little bit. Thank you, Shane. Connect on Twitter, my friend. He says, the way I judge Locke is how the team responds to him. They defend him, not because it's the PC thing to do, but because they believe in him. Watch how they respond to him on the sidelines when he makes a mistake. Very interesting point. And, you know, on that same topic, when Broncos, and this is 2020 and post-2020, Broncos players are asked about Drew. Not, there hasn't been that crack in the veneer yet, Zach, where someone throws him under the bus. The closest that everyone stands up for him, everyone goes to bat for Drew when they're put on the spot and asked. The closest thing you could maybe surmise to someone kind of throwing Drew under the bus was what Tim Patrick said. And if he did throw him under the bus, it was Freudian. He didn't mean to. Uh, that's not what he was trying to say. He was actually praising him. Right for his being at the building first in last out since the the off season began, and how he's been totally different, hundred percent different, or whatever the exact quote was from the guy last year. So Shane, you're onto something there. The players, no one yet has has thrown him under the bus. So there's there's something there. Yeah, the clo- I was going to say the closest we've seen is people like Judy and Kareem Jackson advocating for Deshaun Watson, and that's normal. I mean, he's yeah. a star quarterback that became available, but it wasn't about Locke himself. It was about more so Deshaun Watson and getting him in Denver. And also the Michael Lombardi report about dumbing down the playbook, and I don't really – I don't take that for what it's worth because to me, Lombardi has no credibility, but we haven't seen a player really call out Locke. We haven't seen a coach. We haven't seen like a Carson Wentz situation in Philadelphia. He was having every other player anonymously just trash him every single week. We haven't seen one iota of that. Not one. Yep. Good points, man. Frankie, what's up, dude? It's been a minute. He says, hey, guys, it's been a while. Just wanted to say hello and go Broncos. Excited for Drew's breakout season if we don't get Rodgers. Cool, man. Hope you've been well. Hope things are okay on your end. 
Thank you for the support. Yeah. Good to see you, Frankie. Uh, Dale, again, love you, bro. I saw someone say if Locke wins, that means uh, BW. Sorry, my brain's Bridgewater. not. Bridgewater? Bridgewater regressed significantly and Locke progressed even more significantly. I could only shake my hand. See, Dale, those are the hole in the boat people. They're not looking ahead. They're not looking at the horizon. They're not appreciating the surroundings. They're find, trying to find the hole in the boat. They're consumed by that. So, you know, move on. I mean, they're not just doing mental gymnastics. They're taking home gold in every exercise, Chad. I mean, the hoops that they're jumping through and the excuses that they're making. If Locke does well, it means Locke did well. There doesn't have to be a motive or an agenda. Why can't each player, Locke and Teddy, be judged on their own merits or their own mistakes? I don't get it. Call of Judy, what's up, bro? Appreciate you. He says it would be so dope for Drew to become the franchise Q. We would finally draft and develop one instead of taking another team's sloppy seconds. Hashtag SoCal. Another state of being guy. Love it, Call of Duty. Yeah, it would. I mean, and again, real quick, I know we're long, but when I say I think it's in the Broncos' best interest to give it one last roll with Drew, part of the rationale for that is, look, you have gone this far with him. And by that, I mean you're putting in – you've put in the time – energy development you've literally gone out and handpicked weapons to fit drew and then all of a sudden to turn away from that guys do you not think there was a reason why the broncos didn't take justin fields it's not because justin fields is not a phenomenal young quarterback he is but the broncos believe drew is that as well or at least can be that right and they've gone this far they've they've committed this much into him they've invested this much it's like being an investor in stocks you know, you've gone this far and just th- things got a little bit dicey, but, you know, right when it could start be- paying dividends, you panic and pull out and then you miss the bull market. The Broncos are this close to the bull market on Drew. And if they're not, then now they know and they could start over in 2022. I mean, it's like Dogecoin, Chad. I mean, a year ago, no one knew about it. No one heard about it. It was worth a penny. And now Elon Musk is on it. Everyone's on it. It's worth almost a dollar now. But if you sold it... T- a year into getting it or uh, a couple weeks into getting it, you lose that value. You have to be patient. Nothing in life, nothing in life I've learned in my short experience so far is guaranteed or handed to you. You're not entitled to anything. You have to try to earn everything and be patient. Nothing's instantaneous. You have to actually hang in there and quarterbacking in the NFL is no different. So give him the time. And if he ends up starting this year and he bombs, he bombs. But I'll, I'll say this again. Let him sink or swim on his own. That's all. Death and taxes, gang. That's the only thing guaranteed in life. That's right. Gerald Gray, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Thank you. He says, okay, buddies, the issues at uh, Green Bay are bad. My question is this. We get Aaron. We have a three- to five-year window for a ring. Then we have to do the same thing and get a QB for the future. What happens then? Yeah, it's a vicious cycle, you know, but that's part that cycle – if you really stare it in the face, it's it, it can be maddening. But that's what would keep part of what keeps us all coming back in terms of the NFL is you know the binge and the purge, the cycle, right? The ebb and the flow. That's a bridge you cross if and when you get to it. And it's part of the factors that are in play right now in terms of the Broncos when when we hear reports like they're monitoring the situation. Look, when push comes to shove, it and you who's not going to check in on the possibility of getting Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean you're going to really push hard to get him because you don't know yet what that other end is going to ask for. If they're asking for three first round picks, I mean, odds are Zach, if you were to Aaron Rodgers, if he plays somewhere in 2021, 
Odds are he's got three solid years if he stays healthy of the Aaron Rodgers we've all known and appreciated over the years. And then you're going to see that precipitous drop-off that afflicts all quarterbacks not named Tom Brady. Even Drew Brees, man, he started to started to fade, right? And so that's why if you're if you're George Payton, you can't just give the farm because he's almost 38. So we'll see how that shakes out. That was going to be my point as well. I think a three-year window would be most. I don't see Aaron Rodgers winning titles at 40, 41 years old. And that's what Broncos country is clinging on to, uh, the Tom Brady effect, having a quarterback late in his career, uh, picking him up as a rental or a bridge and just winning with him consistently. I don't see that in A-Rod. I don't see a Tom Brady uh, level of longevity into his 40s or whatever, 50s, whatever. Um, so their window would be as long as they give up draft picks for. So I feel like if they give up two first-round picks, they have a two-year window. Three first-round picks, a three-year window. After that, guys, you're risking losing talent. Guys need contracts. I mean, you have a 40-year-old quarterback taking up a chunk of the salary cap. I think a three-year window is max with A-Rod. Yeah, and he's going to want a new deal, by the way. That's part of the package here. Um, Zach, can you see if you got Tanner, if you can access Tanner? Yeah. Hang on. Um, Meantime, let's grab Ron. Good to see you, bro. Longtime superstar. Always brings the great topics and questions. He says, hey, guys, long time. What opponent or game will be the most fun matchup, in your opinion? Also, what defensive rookie will thrive most under Vic? So a big part of this for me is going to come down to, ultimately, does Aaron Rodgers get dealt to to Denver? If it if it is Denver, Kansas City, that's the marquee matchup on the – because yeah. seeing an Aaron Rodgers with the Broncos' weapons, marquee matchup against Patrick Mahomes and his array of weapons would be something special. Defensive rookie, I mean, Mike Evans, former superstar, now on staff at Mile High Huddle, posted an article today, and I thought it was interesting, projecting the starting defense post-draft. He had one rookie as a starter, and it wasn't Pat Sertan. It was Baron Browning. So, you know, you can you can uh, debate that. You can whatever. But I think it's probably going to be Really, all the defensive guys, if they have the staying power in the league, they thrive under Fangio and uh, Ed Donatel. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say it's going to be Sertan. It's going to be Browning. But don't sleep, Zach, on Jamar Johnson, the safety. That's, that was my answer right there. I mean, if he can clean up some small aspects to his game, like you mentioned, he has Pro Bowl upside. He's a playmaking machine. He is just what the Broncos need at third safety. And to me, he's the long-term solution and the long-term uh, successor to Kareem Jackson. My personal opinion, though, on the schedule, Dallas, Denver and Dallas. I mean, that's going to be a fun matchup. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll go like last one, Chad, where it's just yeah. a Broncos blowout convincing victory. Or even like the one from 2013 where it was like 51-48 final score, you know, barn burner. With a 10-minute long Peyton Manning. Yeah. uh, Scramble for a touchdown, bootleg. Yeah, yeah. Do you have Tanner by chance? No, I couldn't get to it. Okay. Tom, again, thanks, bro. Think if Teddy starts and screws up, in which he will, Drew will never look back again. Guys, yeah, maybe. But I don't think it's anywhere close to a given that Teddy's going to out-duel Drew. We'll see. Tanner. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you very much. That generosity means a lot to us. He says, what's up, Beast and Priest? Always love the pods. Keep it up. And what Bronco matchup are you looking forward to most this season? <laughs> hashtag state of being, hashtag Broncos for life. Um, you know, again, it's – I don't. I never get too kind of caught up on the schedule. I don't know. Right. I remember one time putting a ton of time into breaking down each matchup on the schedule putting it out there on our social media. I mean, ton of time. 
and no one really was interested in reading it. Maybe it sucked. I don't know. But <laughs> as a guy that as a guy that puts out content both for myself and for everyone else on staff, you you kind of learn what type of content turns the wheel that fans are interested in reading and what they're not. And schedule predictions, schedule breakdowns. I think they have their place, Zach. And right now is their place. Like it's that first week when the schedule comes out. And then if you try to get back to it, like say training camps arriving and things are kicking back up and you go back to the schedule, no one really wants to to read that stuff. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm actually most looking forward to how some of these position battles are going to shape up in camp. That's really what's got me the most intrigued. Yeah, I don't think it's up, Chad. I think, you know, what happens on May 9th is not going, what's going to happen on September 9th, October 9th, November 9th. I mean, the matchups that we think are going to be amazing, some of them are kind of duds. The matchups we think are boring are just barn burners. What we have is wins are going to be losses and vice versa. So it's a lot of mental masturbation going over it right now. It makes for good content. But let's get a little closer to the season to see what the rosters look like, and then we'll give our real deal opinions on the schedule this coming season. I'm with Big Earn, all right? I'm with Big Earn. I just want to see the Broncos beat the Chiefs. I don't care who the quarterback is. Snap that ignominious streak, all right? Beat the Raiders, please. Yes, last year getting sweeped by the Raiders, another ignominious distinction. Uh, All right, we got to dip on out of here. Happy Mother's Day once again to the great mothers out there in Broncos country. We love you. We appreciate you. You mean the world to us. And our superstars tonight, thanks, Frickin' Dale, top rope, man. All of you blow our minds. And Dale, that generosity, unmatched, my friend. So love you. Thank you. Uh, Guys, before we dip on out, though, of course, reminder that we will be back in the saddle tomorrow night, the usual time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Follow us on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, at MileHighHuddle. Become a supporter because Kelberman's Corner returns this Sunday at noon, as well as the Trickle Zone on Saturday. And with that, Zach, sign us off, bro. Have a great start to your week. Have a great end to your weekend as well. Thank you for everyone in the chat. Uh, Michaela, Dale, Simon, top of my head, thank you so much. But every single person out there donating, supporting, interacting, we appreciate you. Hope you, everyone out there who celebrates had a great Mother's Day. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, new week of podcasting. Busy week coming up, Chad, in Broncos country. We're excited to dive into it. We will see you guys then. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.